Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, The Podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long-lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Hey, senders, let's go. Another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 81 with special guest Cameron from Mother Earth Brew Company. Loved talking with Cameron and how the whole story of Mother Earth started. It's pretty incredible how a faithful day of possibly being laid off led to this new direction and this new company and brews that we can enjoy, like one of my favorites, Cali Creamin. But before we jump into the episode, I do want to say thank you to the supporters of the segment podcast. Thank you for bike support coming from YT Industries, YT Live Uncaged. Also, to help me keep those rides clean is Sand Sports Brothers, the newest supporter of the segment podcast, sponsored by SSB with their ultimate spray and wash, tire sealant, and chain lube. I'm telling you guys, it's simply the best. Also, special thank you going out to Dianese, Dianese OC for the protective gear support. And as always, when you see me out on the trails, you'll see something of Tasco MTB on me, made from riders for riders. Also, take a look if you get a chance down below in the description box, you'll find a ton of affiliate links and discount codes to help you save a buck or two which I hope helps. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Cameron from Mother Earth. Hey, what is happening, folks? Cameron, dude, good to see you. Ladies and gentlemen, I got Cameron Canacciavani on the show tonight from Mother Earth. Oh, listen to that. He's pouring a cold one right now. Look at that. That's a tall boy. A tall boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Cheers. very special uh, glass to me, so I I brought it out just for you today. Cheers, Cam. What is that? What would you pour there? Uh, so this is actually it's funny. This is called a bright can. Ah, uh, shoot, the virtual background is messing it up. But basically, it's just an unlabeled can, uh -huh. and uh, these are like for the end of the canning run when we're worried about um, uh, you know, the quality of like the, the dregs, basically anything that doesn't make the cut, uh, ends up in these and they go to employees and whatnot. So we basically got like a shelf of unmarked beer and we know what it is based on the date on the bottom, but this is actually a brand new hazy IPA that we just released. There is, Ooh. there is actual can art for it, but I just don't have it in front of me right now. So, but this is called, it's a tongue twister, synaptic plasticity, and it's really delicious. So cheers. Synap synaptic plasticity cheers my bro mm. man love to have you on the show so thankful that you're here on the show we have some people in the audience that are already in the chats um shout out to air blair out there he says i don't always drink beer but when i do i drink mother earth Callie creamin <laughs> yeah. i'm actually gonna screenshot that with my mac right now and um 
and give a shout out to Air Blair. Is that his? Is that his uh, Instagram handle? Or that is, yeah, nice. Air Blair's Instagram handle. Shout out to going out to Air Blair. Looks like Arizona is on the line, right and dirty with Eric. He says, "Yo, yo, what up from AZ? Love up, it, love it." What's up, Eric? Good to see you, brother. Hey, by the way, love that last video of you and Steve, aka Spokesman MTB, tearing up Highline out there in Sedona. That was a great epic video there on the YouTube. Speaking of Spokesman MTB from Northern California, subplastic synapticity. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of mispronunciations of that uh, beer name. I can tell you that right now. We should have put like the phonetic dictionary pronunciation on the front of the can. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Nothing like having a couple of brews on a Monday night, talking bikes and brews with Cam. Cam is part owner of the company Mother Earth Brewing Company. If you haven't had a chance to look at them, take a look at them. Give them a Google. Uh, but for sure, you've heard of some of their beers. One of my favorites is Cali Cream. It actually is my favorite Cali Cream. I actually have some right here. Mother Earth Brew Company, Cali Cream is right there. My father-in-law, he actually turned me on to this stuff. So shout out to Mike Edwards, who taught me about this. And I haven't looked back ever since. Holy cow. Can we got New Zealand on the line? Octodad, MTB yes. Marty Richards. What's up, MTB nerds? It's a YT, YT party. party, baby. <laughs> love it, love it. So, dude, Cam, when when uh, you and I talked about getting you on the show, um, just for folks who know, YT brought Cam and I together. Uh, YT had a trash pickup day. It was basically like help clear the trails and the Earth Day um, event. Yeah. Yeah, it was an Earth Day event, and uh, I was out there picking up trash on the trails, and I ran into Cam and, and one of your buddies. And uh, Cam and I just started like talking and chatting and uh, picking up trash together on the trails, and we found this crazy, what was that thing, like a 1940s ice maker machine or mm. something crazy like that? Yeah, it had been there for, since, ever since I've been riding there. It, it was just like a, yeah, some old, oh, it was, yeah, it was like a, an ice maker it was just lying there and it was like a graveyard for this thing. Yeah. God knows how long it had been there. Right. So if you guys all know the trails out there, when you're dropping in from like jump line, and you're taking that left over into sloppy seconds, right when you're about ready to jump down into right next to the power lines off to the left there, there was this crazy ice machine that's been stuck in the stuck in the dirt there. And Cam and I, and one of Cam's buddies, we kind of dug it out of the side of the trail there and was able to get it down. The boys from YT were able to get the side-by-side -side over there and clean it up. But man, that thing looked like it needed to be in a museum for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and big shout out to everyone who came out that day, by the way. That was a great event. Um, always get big support from YT, especially when it comes to philanthropic stuff like that. Um, it, they, you know, Everyone invests a lot of time. So yeah, and thanks to you, Mark, too. That was great. Oh yeah, man, that was fun. It was great because like once you pick up all that trash, you basically take it over to the section where they're all picking it up in the YT trucks and everything and hauling it out to the trash cans. But it was cool to see the tent there because it was full of these big trash plastic bags from all of us local riders or, or riders who've traveled in for it to uh, to clean up the trail. So it was a cool way to spend Earth Day, which was which was really, really fun. Um, we got, uh, man, we got people from all over. So we have uh, New Zealand on the line, Northern California, Arizona, and I just saw this guy pop in. Boise, Idaho is here. There we go. Yeah, Burrell Bikes. Did you get it to work again? They wanted to know. Oh, the ice machine. <laughs> yeah. 
Burrell Bikes. Hey, you know what? I was actually just out in, I went to Idaho on a mountain biking trip for my 40th birthday. Uh, it was epic with, with my buddies. Shout out to my, my crew, Real MTB, Ryan, Marcus, Julio, Ian, Paul. What's up, boys? Yeah, what's yeah, we up? went out there. We 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 uh, romped it in Idaho, and um, it was incredible. It, for anyone on the show, if you haven't if you haven't ridden in Idaho, it's pretty special. Whereabouts were you guys in in Idaho? So we actually have a, a second production facility just outside of Boise in a town called Nampa, um, and uh, some but my folks live out there, and they're in Eagle. So we went out there and stayed with them, and and rode the area. Um, so it's it's a suburb basically of Boise. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Christian over there at Burrell Bikes, I'm sure he's seen that spot. I'm sure he has demo bikes on, on those trails out there. Um, that is cool. I feel like that's I, – I keep seeing amazing mountain bike footage coming out of Boise as as well as – I think they got a couple really killer bike parks out there, don't they? They have – so they have a really cool uh, public bike park called Eagle Bike Park that it's amazing that it's just free and open to the public. It's like – Seriously, you ride this place and it is the best use of public money I have ever seen in my life. And it's maintained by like pros. The condition of these trails is unbelievable. Um, and then, yeah, there's uh, there's also a lot of natural riding in the area because Boise and the greater Treasure Valley sits at the base of a huge, uh, you know, uh, uh, set of foothills. Um, and so Bogus Basin, which is like the, the peak of that mountain right there, is that um, something like and, and don't don't uh, kill me, guys from Idaho, if I'm butchering this. But I want to say it's at about 8,000, 8,500 feet elevation, okay. something like that. Oh, so wow. it's it's like being at Bear. Um, and but what's cool is that unlike Bear, at the bottom of Bear is Redlands, but at the bottom of uh, uh, Bogus Basin uh, is downtown Boise. So you can literally ride Whoa. from 8,000 feet down into the valley to our brewery. That sounds like an epic ride that we yeah. have to do. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody on this there's podcast. Shuttle service. Yeah, there's a shuttle service that'll take us up there, man. We should plan it. That would be um, amazing. That would be amazing. Dude, we got uh, just looking at the chats here. Um, Riding Dirty says, hell yeah, thanks, brother. And then we also got uh, Trail Pimp uh, from Northern California. He's from like the Tahoe area. He says, oh, man, I just got some Cali creamsicle from the West Shore Market in Tahoe. We'll nice. have your beer in Tahoe too. Oh, we have your beer in Tahoe too. Yeah, Hell Tahoe yeah. House. I love Tahoe. I want to go right up there so bad. Man, this guy's the guy. If you want to get up there, contact Trail Pimp. He's Trail always over. Pimp. At, yeah, he's over. He's at North Star, and uh, I think the Truckee Bike Park, if I'm not mistaken, too. Which uh, I've seen some excellent footage. Um, our other friend up there, Northern California spokesman MTV says, I love me some mother earth. Great to hear from a fantastic craft brewer. Heck hey, yeah. thanks spokesman. We love you too, buddy. Uh, I see he's got all types of questions on here. We, we have a lot to get to here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. MTV raging to the house. What's up, Craig? Good to see you, my brother Boise in the house. Okay. We got spokesman. Spokesman's got some questions here. I'm uh, going to try to get to him. Rick is on the line. What's up, Slick Rick? Good to see you, brother. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Got some questions right here. Spokesman, jumping right into the questions, folks. <laughs> Spokesman says, what is your capacity at the brewery? So that's a tough question to answer. On paper, the Idaho brewery is capable of about 100,000 barrels a year. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know that's on this cast, uh, a barrel is, a U.S. barrel is 31 gallons. 
So when you buy a half barrel of beer, which is a full size keg, that's 15 and a half gallons, um, <clears throat> which is often confusing to some people. They're like, wait, it's a full size keg. That's a half barrel. So 100,000 barrels would be annual production when you hear that figure. Um, but it's dependent on a lot of things. It depends on the size of your brew house. It depends on, um, you know, your, your distribution, how, you know, how much you can move um, and how much you can ferment too. I mean, you can brew until you're blue in the face. I mean, <clears throat> if you bought a system large enough, you could just brew all day, but you got to have a place to put it. I mean, you're, you're storing, you've got dry storage with, you know, uh, empty kegs and barrels and all this type of stuff, uh, cans. And so you got to have a place to, you know, you just need a constant flow of beer. You know, people got to be pulling it off the shelf faster than you can make it basically. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. So your capacity, it, it's depending, but, but as of now, there's enough mother earth for us to go get, you, you were saying about a hundred, how many, how many barrels? hundred thousand barrels per year out of just the Idaho facility. And that would, that would be what, what like we're capable of given the size of the building and the equipment that we have. We don't produce that much. Gotcha. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, that, that's like uh breweries, like, um, oh gosh. Uh, and this is public information. So I, I'm just going to pull this out of my butt right now, but um, let's say new Belgium, for example. They, mm -hmm. they, I don't know. They might even do a quarter million barrels a year. I have no idea, but wow. um, yeah. Wow. So just wow. a different perspective. Okay. We could do a hundred thousand given our current configuration. Gotcha. Does that include the Vista location? So for folks who don't know, there's two locations for Mother Earth, one here in California, San Diego. Um, I recently just did a tour of that location and man, I should have paid more attention in science because there's a lot of science and math that goes into yeah. that, which uh, we'll show you guys. I took some pictures and we could show you guys on the podcast tonight. Um, but yeah, how much does the Vista location contribute to what Boise does? So quite a bit, actually. Um, so this is crazy. This is a crazy figure for folks that um, you know might not live in Southern California, but um, <clears throat> this will put things in perspective. This is how thirsty Southern California is. Uh, Idaho produces the beer for everywhere in the country with the exception of Southern California. So that's Santa Barbara South and then out to East County, um, you know, Inland Empire, all that stuff. We produce that beer, right? Uh, Idaho produces all the beer in, in the 18 states we distribute to. They produce all that beer. We still produce not quite 50%, but I'd say at this, because Idaho is really cranking now, but a, I'm talking like 35, 40% of our total volume just goes for to, Southern California. Goes to Southern, cheers, Southern California. So, yeah, <laughs> cheers, it, hey, cheers. I mean, <laughs> cheers to everybody everywhere. But, you know, the, the point is that um, it's just crazy, man, the population, like how many people are drinking beer right now? Like if wow. you could just had this aerial view and chopped the tops off of every home in Southern California. And I mean, there's a Cali right now, for example, in the hand of probably thousands of people at this very moment. That's that, astounding. That is crazy. Like, right. Wow. Wow. That's cool. To, that's cool to think about. I, I dig that. I dig that. Um, man. So the, the California location is supplying or the Southern California market is taking up 30, 40% of the total brew made for mother earth oh, man that 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 i mean again plus or minus like there's that you know things fluctuate but i'm just saying it's a lot it's yeah. a lot 
Dang, that's cool. That's cool. Um, question here from Spokesman as well. He says, who designs your labels? In parentheses, awesome. Ah, good question. So uh, our year-round labels, like the ones you see at Albertsons, Ralph's, places like that, right? Um, these, uh, well, and independent liquor stores. So this beer is all over the place. That We have a, a graphic artist that we've worked with for a long time that does every time we release a new beer, uh, he creates one. Um, for us that's that looks like all the others is uniform right but then like with the project x series we find artists to do custom labels so that's a rotating hazy ipa it comes out every 60 days uh, we work with an individual artist to design something cool and it's a program that we can like really have fun with and and not have to like be constrained you know because when you sell beer like this to retailers they're really sensitive. You know, they want things to be a certain way. They're like, oh, the, you know, the customer needs to be able to see like the brand and then the, you know, the class and like all this stuff in one spot. And you're, you're somewhat, I don't want to say you're restricted because at the end of the day, they don't always, I mean, it's not like they say jump and we say how high necessarily, but we don't have as much freedom as we do with other, you know, fun programs like Project X or Four Seasons, which is our barrel age program. Gotcha. So there's like a specific look, almost like an invisible control that they ex have an expectation on on how it how it money talks. communicates, right? Money talks, right? <laughs> money, money does talk. Money talks. Uh, Burrell Dice out of Idaho is saying Juan Palumbo. Juan, John. Or John Palumbo. I don't John know, John. Palumbo. Maybe he works for us or something. I don't know. Yeah, John Palumbo. Christian, what do you mean by John Palumbo? Um, spokesman of the MTB saying, do you only distribute on the West Coast or nationally? Uh, nationally. Actually, internationally. We're in um, 12 countries right now as well. Whoa. Okay. Well, for our friend that's out there in New Zealand, Mr. Marty Richards, um, would he be able to score some Mother Earth out there yet or not quite yet? Uh, I think. I don't believe so, but... I will let's you know what I'd love to like get my info out to all the folks on this thing and you know what like feel free to shoot me an email and I'll you know fire back answers or give them info on where to find beer and all that stuff. Yeah, Marty, you got to try this stuff right here. Cali Creamin. This stuff is is definitely my favorite. So so good. Uh one of your one of your writers here, one of your guys from the squad Mother Earth best yeah. beer ever. You Julio. <laughs> Yeah, Julio Julio's part of our crew. He's a good buddy, and he went out to Idaho with us. It was a blast. So, yeah, that, thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. Drink it up. That's awesome. Spokesman saying, big fan of Cali Creamin. Boo Koo and I got to taste heavy cloud. Very good. What is – talk about heavy. What is that? It's a hazy IPA. It's one of our year-round beers. It's, like, one of my favorite I'm, – I'm, I'm in love with it. It's so good. It's just a go-to. It's kind of like – it reminds me of Hazy Little Thing from Sierra Nevada. It's a lot like that. And I know that's a – I just saw this this crew come down from our ride yesterday, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and they were just, like, slamming little the hazies in the parking lot. I was like, good for <laughs> you guys. We were, like, we were, like, all worried about the time. Like, we got to get back to our families and kids, and these guys were just, like, raging it. I was like <laughs> – In the oh, parking man. lot. <laughs> I just wanted to click my heels like Dorothy and be like, take me back to my 20s. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> the good times you don't have to worry yeah. about all the other stuff hey check this out uh burrell bikes thank you christian with the 199 to the podcast says do you have an open invite mark so hey look at that anytime we want to go up there to boise idaho we got uh 
we got connections. You got connections. Uh, sounds like a future trip for sure. For yeah, you sure. know, there's a couple pros uh, out of there too. I mean, I'm sure there's more than a couple. It's just you know, I with with a, a busy schedule, running a business and all that, I, I'm not up on like, you know, all the all the guys that are at the top of the scene. But um, there's uh, uh, I'm gonna butcher the names. Um, Braden Bringhurst, or uh, I think that's how you say his name. He shreds. You should look at his. You guys should check out his content on YouTube and on Instagram. He really rips. Um, and then another guy, um, I'm going to look up his name, but anyway, they're both like, I mean, they're, they're notable to say the least. Um, and they're both based out of Boise. So as, as people start to, especially a lot of Californians that are now moving to Idaho, um, they're really, uh, like much to the chagrin, I think of a lot of, uh, Idaho and native Idahoans, the spotlight is a little bit on them right now. And, uh, you know, some of them love it. Some of it. A lot of Idahoans I talked to are like, hey, we're finally getting the credit we deserve. Like this place is awesome, you know, especially in the context of writing. It's such a cool place, you know, and then you and then you've got the folks that like, you know, are basically like, no, stay away. <laughs> yeah, you're driving all the prices up. Stop screwing up our real estate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's true. It's such a beautiful area up there, too, you know, especially when you like do sports like we do. I'd be in outdoors when we can get amongst the trees, see some seasons. Oh, man, it's it's so good. I love this comment right here. A spokesman saying, been brewing for about seven years. Best hobby ever except for MTB. It's it's so true. It's crazy because, like, there's peanut butter and jelly. There's hot dogs and mustard. There's, you know, bacon and eggs. And for whatever reason, there's, there's mountain biking yeah. and cold beer after. Oh. How How good is it? And how did you go from mountain biking into this monster of a business that you have with mother earth? How did that all happen? You know, actually, um, sadly, my writing took a serious, uh, hiatus when I opened the brewery. Um, I actually was just talking to my dad today about how much I regret that because I love it. I love writing so much now. And it's just a bummer that I really missed out on like 10 years of like, Cause I'm 40 now and I stopped. I, I, so I started writing when I was like, uh, I don't know, this was 2003. So I would have been what, like in my early twenties or something like that. And, um, and for, when we started the business, I just didn't have time to do anything. I mean, it's just like balls to the wall, especially a small business like that. Um, every dollar that I spent went toward the business and I had no time for like three years. I said, no, no, no to everybody, you know, friends, family. And in doing so, not only did I like have to sideline my favorite hobbies, but um, writing included, but you kind of like, it forces you to unfortunately like lose past friendships and then kind of make new mm. ones. And mm. unfortunately I, I had made some friendships with people in the beer industry that didn't exactly have like the healthiest lifestyle. There's a lot of just like going out and eating like shit food and you're just drinking a lot. And so, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, like, you know, when you're in craft beer, you're in it. You're, it's a lifestyle just like writing is right. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of fell prey to that. Like I gained a bunch of weight. I like stopped, you know, exercising and stuff. And um, so that's, the, that's kind of like the bad side of it. Um, the good thing is, is that, uh beer also kind of helped me get back into it right um because i realized that it didn't have to be 
uh, one or the other, you know, I could, I could do both. So now I'm at a really like healthy, balanced place where, um, it's all about, you know, it's about moderation in every way. I mean, I, I can't, I can't go ballistic with beers the same way I can't go ballistic with writing or else I'm going to hurt myself. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Moderation's key. Definitely. So, you know, take it us back. Mean I'm not going to send it. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> talking about some of those jump lines you were talking about when we we're doing the tour, I'm like, Holy cow, man. Oh, yeah. I have to yeah. step up my game when we go ride together. <laughs> but yeah, Take us back, Cam. So there's a couple, there's like, you know, some of the guys in the audience here are talking about that they like the crafting beer and, and having a good time. And and maybe possibly this is something that they can journey into. But take us back to when that thing started. There's always that moment where it's like, holy crap, we're doing this. And sometimes it's a push. Sometimes you walk into it forcefully, or sometimes it's kind of presented to you. But in your case, it sounds like something kind of, there's like an opportunity there that you kind of stepped into. Can you take us back to that time and, and kind of share how this all started? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'll, I'll kind of, it's been a whirlwind. I'll do my best to give the cliff notes. And I, I know I kind of did that with you earlier, but um, I mean, okay, here it goes. Keep in mind, since, since the origin of Mother Earth, I've moved counties twice. I've moved homes four times. I had wow. two kids, I got married. Um, and we expanded from a uh, 15 gallon stockpot brew house and only sales in our local tap room to two regional production facilities distributed in 18 states. I mean, it's just been like, wow, freaking balls to the wall for, wow. you know, 12 years. It's been gnarly. Dang. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but here's the gist of it. I was working in telecom. Um, and I was working with my stepdad, actually, we were working for Boost Mobile, prepaid company out of Irvine. I was living up in the Bay Area initially, and, you know, beers were really big up there, you know, it, it, even ahead of San Diego. Like, when I was up there, it was all about, I mean, Russian River and Bear Republic, and even some of the more old-school brands were still pretty relevant then, you know, like your um, uh, your Mendocinos of the world and, and North Coast, I'm sorry, uh, uh no, they're, they're still a big player, but anyway, I can't remember. So I came home and I was like, oh my God, Dan, you got to try this beer. Like, this is not Coors Light, you know? And he's like, oh, I drink wine, you know, I'm, I'm not drinking that beer and stuff. So I got him a homebrew kit for Christmas and a big Magnum bottle of Chimay White, you know, which is like a really expensive Belgian wit. And we cracked it open on Christmas Eve and we brewed on, I think it was Christmas morning, we brewed our first batch. And actually, one of the guys that uh, is part of my MTV crew, Paul, um, <clears throat> he was there for like our first brew. It was wow. totally like family and friends, you know. Yeah. And of course, we thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. It was probably garbage. Who knows? And, um, <laughs> and uh, but hey, everyone, you know, all our family validated us. So we were like, yeah, let's, you know, we're brewers <laughs> now. But anyway, so we took some time refining recipes and whatnot. And then uh, basically fast forward, and we had kind of like toyed around with the idea of like, oh, we should start a brewery. That'd be cool. And then uh, Sprint announced they were doing it because they had bought Nextel. They're uh, doing a bunch of layoffs. And I called my stepdad. We we're both on the same all hands call. And they were announcing like thousands of layoffs. And they basically said, uh, and this is really ballsy of them to say, but <clears throat> Sprint basically said, uh, if you don't have a family um, or you don't see yourself here in six months, just take a separation package and get out of here. We want to wow. like people, 
people need these jobs. And um, so I called him on the other phone and I was like, dude, this is it. We need to do this. Um, and he's like, oh, man, you know, I have a mortgage. And he, this is my stepdad. You know, my, your, your mom and I live together, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I didn't have any responsibilities at the time except for my, you know, Monday through Friday gig. Yeah. And so uh, can I can I quote him? Can I curse on here? Because I got yeah, absolutely. Him. Oh, yeah, totally. So he says uh, he's quiet for a minute and then he goes, fuck it, we're doing it. Damn, I, that's the I, moment. I, that was the moment. Like literally a, a decision that led to all this came from like just a spontaneous, like it was just him saying, fuck it, let's do it. And and he didn't do it right away. He had to work both jobs for a little bit. But I literally marched into my boss's office and said, I'm out. I'm starting a brewery. And she looked at me like, like, you don't have a college degree. You're making 70 grand a year with a 401k. And you're just going to walk away and start a brewery. Oh, she was she like, didn't... this is a, she's like, this is a terrible idea. Oh, and well, I mean, because she, she cared about me. You know, sure. not, not because she didn't think I could do it, but it, it right. sounded this is before beer was in 2009. Beer isn't what it was now. It was still a big deal, but it's not like a household institution like it is now, you know? Yeah, true. So, OK. Yeah. I mean, she thought I was just like crazy. And so, um, yes, yeah, I mean, and then it just blew up, man. I mean, it was like the first day we opened. There were like 200 people in there. And I'm wow. going, wow, well, that escalated <laughs> quickly. <laughs> do you remember? So for Mother Earth, from that moment when he said, let's do this. Cheers. And, cheers. Oh, yeah. Here we go. When he said, let's do this, and you guys started production, what was the very, very first beer that you guys created? Or did you create a variety up front, or did you stick with one at first? Here, here goes some ASMR for everybody watching the podcast right now. Here we go. Ready? Oh, yeah. And? There we go. Can't forget this part. It totally is, by the way. I just found <laughs> out what that was, by the way. <laughs> I, I didn't know what that was, too, until a little while ago. I thought it was something else when they were talking about it, so I was laughing too hard. And then I realized what they were talking about. <laughs> well, I thought initially when I found out what it was, I, I thought, oh, well, this is nice. I mean, this is probably therapeutic for people and then i was like wow this chick's pretty hot and this whispering is like really doing something for me you know and then i was like why are all the people doing this kind of hot <laughs> and then i and then i like googled it and saw the wikipedia and i was like oh yeah oh, they got that. us again <laughs> um, oh. So anyway, yeah, sorry. Back to reality. What were you saying? Yeah, no, no. So you guys are at that, like, let's do it moment. Obviously, you know, it wasn't all easy and in cakewalk. There was definitely some hard times. You guys were, were making it happen. Your, you know, your partner there was grinding, working the job and this. But when you guys were crafting your first beer, did your was your vision like, was it Cali Creamin and we're just going to stick with that? Was it a IPA and stick with that? Or did you do a variety? When you opened and those 200 people were waiting in line, what, what was it that they were It was a, just for? a complete random assortment of um, uh, stuff we, that we like to drink. So wow. it was, it was a, a, a I, it, we didn't, I don't remember brewing weird stuff. Like, and when I say weird, I just mean like a lot of home brewers have the tenant, 
<laughs> this, is better than gentle whispering. this is better than gentle whispering. <laughs> um, Sorry, Cam. Right here. I don't know if you can hear this. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. We, oh, so actually Callie Creamen is part of our uh, story because that, that beer was brewed for my wedding. And okay. it was, yeah, it was just met with such fanfare amongst, again, tempered expectations. It was all family and friends, okay? But still, people were going crazy for it, so we decided to brew another batch for the tap room, and it just went off. Wow. But yeah, our, our opening lineup was was very solid. We, we, didn't, we didn't come out and go, oh, we're going to get all, like, experimental because we can and have, like, a pumpkin... Uh, peppercorn something or other you know? <laughs> right <laughs> we just, we've always liked classic style we brew beers that we like to drink we're not trying to like you know go over the top to impress everybody so like we were talking about moderation that absolutely applies in beer making too like if you want something people will buy if you want to make something people will buy um it it needs to be crowd pleasing you know nice. what i mean it needs to be yeah. balanced yeah was it so when you guys were brewing like Cali Creamin, for example, it was mainly it was for your wedding. So was it for your taste buds or was it for did, did the wifey like this one or was it just like your crew that you're like, whatever you oh, guys accident. did on that? Oh, we, accident? we made a cream. Yeah, we made a cream ale. And we when we first opened, we had a uh, homebrew store that we sold equipment to hobbyists. And um, this guy named Dennis, who ended up opening his own brewery in Texas and buying one of our systems, oddly enough. Um, he was like, Hey, you guys, you know, I tried your cream ale up there. You should try putting vanilla in that. Like I've done that because he was a home brewer. He goes, I've done it. And it's really good. And we were like, vanilla, huh. you know, cream ale. Huh. And, um, he's like, yeah, it tastes like cream soda. It's really good. So we, we were just like, all right, to hell with it. You know, we'll do it. You know, <laughs> oh like back then, back then, not a lot of thought went into it. You know, it was basically like Dan and I would both show up at like, 5 30 in the morning with our brew boots on well actually we didn't even own brew boots it was like board shorts and uh tennis shoes you know like <laughs> coral like like every day was a like maximum osha violation like all over the place <laughs> and um <clears throat> amongst other things and it was just like all right what are we brewing today um i feel like this and we would choose something and then we'd go all right what do we name it and we'd look up and we had all these like six-pack carriers and posters because we didn't have any money so it's not like now when a brewery opens and it's like done to the nines and you're like, wow, look at the, what they did with this place. Yeah. This was, this was MacGyvered. I mean, it was, <laughs> we decorated the place with coasters that we had collected from beer festivals in Oregon. And, and uh, basically all the six pack container uh, carriers that I had saved from beer that I was buying at, at the store, Trader Joe's and all types of other places. I saved them in a huge pile and I cut the sides of them off and stapled them to the wall in like a huge collage. Wow. I mean, it was just so, it was so ghetto. It was Dang. awesome. But that, that was like part of the legend. Like everyone was like, oh my God, I love them. They're like, it's so cool how they're not trying so hard, you know? Yeah. G genuine. It wasn't like, you know, all these dudes in a boardroom, like, okay, how can we make this the most pleasing ever corporate-y? No. Yeah. Not at all. It was my uncle, me, and my stepdad serving beers, and then later my father-in-law, and then my wife, Joelle, selling homebrew supplies out the back. Wow. Like, 
it was it was awesome it was very cool Dang. Yeah. So you guys have come a long way and, and um, based on the tour, like it enjoying it, having a good time. I mean, I think you guys had that whole building that we were at. I just kept like, Oh, we go to this side and there's more stuff and there's, and there's more stuff. It's insane. This is huge. And then you like, we're saying, well, if, if you like this, wait until we show you the Boise location. That's like, Holy crap. <laughs> oh, that place will blow your mind. Yeah. It Man. is awesome. Man, so Callie Creeman was a hit. I it's so crazy that backstory that was like a full on like kind of a fluke, you know. Yep. That yep. Had some vanilla to it. it. Was a hit at the wedding, and off it and goes. That, and that's how I got involved with. And not to not to fast forward too much, but I know it's many years removed. But that's how I got involved with YT was um, trying to get Callie. You know, I I went in there one day and I was like, oh, you guys have beer on tap. And they were, they were, uh, I think buying kegs from, you know, a variety of local breweries. And I was like, oh man, I got to get my beer in here. Like these guys are so cool. And, um, and uh, you know, they still are, they're just a total, they're just a hoot to deal with. It's cool. Yeah. Was over there, uh, doing a shoot, uh, with SSB shout out to my buddy, John B Silva SSB and uh, actually called you in the, from the parking lot before the photo shoot had you on the phone and James Ackerman, James Aki was there. He's like, Oh man, I got to give him a call later. And we were talking up Callie Creamin and John was talking up creamsicle. And I think somebody had mentioned creamsicle here. Uh, let's see, where is it? Somebody had mentioned orange. I think, I think it's orange creamsicle. Is that, is yep. that the one that you do? Yep. Um, and while I'm looking for that, I may not be able to find it now, but now, was that a playoff of Cali Creamin to go creamsicle? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, we, we, and it was really based on customer feedback. You know, when we had our tap house in Vista uh, for many years, you get a lot of really good feedback from customers and they would always say, oh my God, you should, you should do this in a, you know, in a cherry version or an orange version or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, and I, I can't reveal, I have to say, just for the people that are watching, and I can't reveal exactly what it is, but there will be another Cali flavor in the oh. next sometime in the next year. I'm, oh, I can't dang. say when or exactly what it is, but there will be, and it's going to be bomb. Oh, dang. I cannot wait. Guys, you heard it here first on the segment podcast. There is another Cali coming, some kind of a <laughs> Rick saying, I need to try milk truck. I love Stouts oh, yeah. and Porters. Uh, Nitro milk truck is is really bomb too if you haven't tried it oh there you go there's a nitro milk truck in fact um when i was doing the tour i think your one of your brewers was doing a nitro at the time he was. yeah nitro yeah. cali mm-hmm. oh, my god joe pimp is saying "Ooh, dessert in a glass bro smoke's <laughs> <laughs> so been saying funny rr is huge and always will be in the sf bay area and lagunitas but we can't even approach the complexity and diversity that SoCal has. San Diego is the beer capital of the world. Amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. How many breweries are down there in San Diego now? Last I heard, and I don't know if this is, was it 200? Is that the number I heard? Was it something? You know, at one time there was, unfortunately, there's been a lot of fallout from COVID um, Mm. and there continues to be. So I don't know what the current number is. It changes every month. Um, So it's, you know, it, a, I would say, oh, it's 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 for sure over a uh, hundred and 
thirty. I mean, it's probably oh, somewhere between one hundred fifty and two hundred, if I had to guess. So, oh my gosh, yeah, there's a lot. That that's a lot. Yeah, Mother Mother Earth is amongst uh, a lot of different uh, breweries down there. Uh, Slick Rick saying EMTB and Moda Venture saying I'm drooling like Homer Simpson <laughs> at Moe's. <laughs> That's I so love funny. these comments. <laughs> these guys are the best, man. Oh yeah, totally. I it's love a good it. crew. So, Cam, when okay, so let's um obviously mountain biking and beer are just always so good, especially after a hot day, you get back to the car, there's that there's a cold <laughs> brew somewhere, you go somewhere to get a cold brew, but um let's talk a little bit about uh the mountain biking and then I'd love to take people on that tour from the pictures from uh from the brewery today as well, but for your mountain biking, so it sounded like you started, you put it on hiatus for a little bit, got the brewery off the ground, and now you're stepping back into the sport. Um, where do you currently love to ride, and what are you riding right now? So, uh, wait, the first part of the question was, where do I yeah. typically ride? Yeah, it, yeah, and, well, and what bike are you riding right now? So, yeah, even though um, San Clemente is um my where i currently call home uh, i actually moved to, i was living in vista right next to the brewery and then i had a chance to move two doors down from my in-laws uh in san clemente so i did that and i mean anyone that has kids uh knows mm. how important it is to have the help of family close by and so huge. um we yeah huge we had to do that and so i currently reside in san clemente um i'm about 30 minutes away from the brewery which is awesome um <clears throat> But uh, so San Clemente Dog Park's my home track, but I, I ride kind of all over. Um, I love Aliso. I love Laguna. Um, there's a couple hidden lines nearby that I like to take. Um, I haven't explored actually San Diego as much. I lament that actually. We were just talking about that today. You were talking about some cool spots down there. Yeah. And I think it's mainly because I've, I've had some bum steers in North County. Like mm. I, I went to uh, Lake Calaveras and La Costa and I really didn't think they were that great. And I just kind of like labeled San Diego County, unfortunately, as like not that great for mountain biking. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I like when I got back into the sport, I started, of course, that was before like social media was big. So I wasn't seeing like uh, and there was no trail forks. There was no like you, you had to go to like Rock and Road Cyclery and buy one of those like floating vinyl maps remember those it was called like yeah. oliver's maps and it was like a ninefold like like illustrated map of mountain biking trails it was like trail forks on paper <laughs> yeah yeah totally um and it was like a waterproof map but now i see so much rad stuff from down there and, and i i do want to spend some more time there um so uh yeah that those are typically my spots i love going up to mammoth I, I'm, oh, yeah. um, it's just the promised land. I mean, that place Dude. is, if any, if there's anybody, if there's one takeaway from this podcast um, for everyone listening is you need to book a trip to Mammoth like ASAP. It is, yes. it is like the motherland. Dude, um, it's so big. There's so many so trails. I mean, what is it? How many, 80 miles or something crazy? Something yeah. silly? They have the, the so lift, the gondola. It's yes. so reasonable. Yeah. Like last year, I went. I went last August, and it was they had a special. It was like two days for seventy five dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That doesn't even that doesn't even come close to their lift tickets for skiing and snowboarding. Oh, no. So it's, it's yeah, that, it's like yeah, that, thank God, that, it's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, when um, you go to Mammoth, 
uh, like Cam was saying, it's um, it's like definitely the mud. Like you got the bus shuttles that'll take you back from the bottom of the mountain. You got the lifts um, on the mountain. You've got the gondola at uh, stops either at uh, midway, the, sh- the mid chalet point, or all the way to off the top and skid marks up above. But yeah, dude, that's a and you got a lot of good pre trails. You got Mammoth Rock Trail there, which is sick. Um, and all paths lead down to breweries. Yeah, it's like no brainer. Yeah, no-brainer. <laughs> they did that so well. <laughs> it's, just, it's like they designed it like that. It's like the water all drains like right down into breweries. You're like, oh, yes. sweet, there's beer here. <laughs> there's like signs feeling thirsty, fellas. Yeah, 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 on the trail. <laughs> yeah, oh, I sure am. Like on when you're golfing on the ninth hole, you hungry? <laughs> yeah, they, they got it planned. It's like. It's like when you leave a a theme park and they make you go through the, the gift shop with the yes. kids and you're like, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. Like, so, someone's walking out with a giant lollipop and a stuffed yeah. animal. <laughs> For $50. Yeah. Right. They got it good. What's your favorite uh, trail there at Mammoth? Like, do you like like um, Twilight or, or what, what's your favorite ones? Twilight's good. Actually, I rode shotgun for the first time um, a few weeks back. That one's really cool. Those doubles are really plush. Um, I didn't have the guts to hit the the, the paver side on the left, but um, I just hit the tabletops. Uh, but my favorite, I think, is probably on the – so if you take the gondola all the way to the top uh-huh. and you go uh, left, so that would be, I guess, northeast, yeah. um, skid marks is – sick it, it's the black diamond uh, oh. sorry it's a double black Dang. but um for reasons that are way different than like 10 ply and summit like it's it's really rocky um it's it's like an enduro track almost for the top portion and then the the uh bottom like three quarters of it is just like like miles of of full speed trail riding like to where you're going so fast, you're ripping so fast, you're like, oh man, if something grabs my bars, I'm I'm going sideways like quick. For and for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Mammoth is so good. We we were there with my my son and a buddy of mine, and uh, we found the pipeline over to Easy uh what was it, Easy Operator? No, Smooth Operator. Smooth Operator, yeah, Smooth God, Operator. That, that was a blast too, man. Mm-hmm. And pipeline was so fun holy cow we sessioned that bottom part where you know how you're coming out of pipeline and then you get down towards the bottom and it, it starts to hook to the right yeah as you're going get, getting closer to smooth operator and shotgun we sessioned those jumps down there for at least an hour we just kept pulling off going back hitting again going back. <laughs> it was yeah that's awesome god mammoth is so is so it's so good. different though like you got to prepare yourself for the type of riding because it's really loose and especially if you go at the end of the season like in august september it's super super dry and so you're you're basically kind of like a lot of the stuff you're dirt surfing um, which is really fun but you just have to know what you're getting into like you're basically power sliding you know when you're quartering totally it, it's kind of like um snow valley and mammoth are very similar in their... oh my god i've been wanting to ride there so bad okay you yeah. got to call out my MTV crew right now because I was begging them all summer. I'm like, we have to go to Snow Valley and do that $19 Twilight from 4 oh. to 7 on Fridays. Oh, dude, the best no deal up there. Trainer. I know. Be- best deal up there. We never all the made print. it happen. Oh, man. I think I think you still can. I mean, Snow Valley's still open. And here's the other thing about Snow Valley. 
when you go there, it for whatever reason, it's you can ride almost if they let you, you could ride your bike right straight up to the chairlift. And and if you didn't have to get off the bike and you could just ride onto the chair, you could. <laughs> There's no lines. You yeah. could just lap that sucker all day long. Yeah. When I was there, just I, I just pulled into the parking lot to check it out on my way home from Summit. There were literally there was a guy that came down off his run and continued right back onto the chair. I'm like, no. Yes. It's right. Okay, so what's your review of that play? I mean, you don't have to get too far into it, but do we need to go? Is that a good spot? Yeah, you got you guys need to check it out. If you guys like Mammoth, and then help guys in the chat help me out here too. But it's definitely very similar to Mammoth. It's like that kitty litter loose. It makes you it stays you stay on your toes. It's fun. Um, it's it's definitely a blast. And there is a new trail builder up there. Um his name is Cody and they're doing some great things. Like they just reshaped up the, the jump line. They just put in a new slalom uh, track there, which is super fun. Trail pimp from Northern California saying snow Valley is my favorite. SoCal bike park. Get drift. Wow. There yeah. we go. Oh yeah. dude, I'm ready. Yeah. I, you know what? I think we should do a, a group ride, a segment group ride day. Like but, all these guys, we all just meet up there and just, oh, just take over. Heck Resort yeah. Take over. Heck yeah, let's do it, you guys. And then I don't, know if you, beer. I don't know if you can see in the back. I can help with that too. There's a bunch of Cali cream in this in this beer fridge right here. Um, but yeah, afterwards some cold brew. But damn, that would be fun. Group ride day, right? Be a be group sick. ride day. Yeah. I'll I'll contact the guys up there. Let's do it. That would be super fun because that place, you know, you can get you can get so good with your skills because of the cornering and the loose stuff. And maybe that's what people don't like. Maybe they, they they say they don't like the loose stuff, but it's just different than anything else up, up there. You know, you got Summit, yeah. you got Valley, and you got Sky Park. I love Sky Park. That place is awesome. Snow Valley, I love that. It's totally different. And Summit, I love that. It's totally different. But yeah, yeah if you haven't been to Valley, let's let's make it happen for sure. Rick's saying, I'm in for that. Yeah. Slick yeah. Rick, let, let's make that let's happen. Let's do it. I'll, oh, I'll bring a bunch of beer. We'll dude. We'll it. It'd be like private almost because you just, we just all get to the bottom and go right back up. <laughs> Maybe we can do a full buyout. Awesome. If anybody else comes, don't sell a ticket. Yeah. All right, guys, let's go. <laughs> totally. MT Radio says, okay, okay. Dog park or Valley dirt surf. Dirt surfing's are jam. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. He's actually calling you out for a dog park too. MTV raging. Oh, I'm Super. ready. Super good guy. Cameron, let's hook it up at Dog Park ASAP. Totally. Yeah. Craig's a nice, super nice guy. Um, so going back to the going back to, to the riding. So those trails are kind of like your home trails. Mammoth you love. Um, and and uh, what type of bike are you on right now? And are you more of an enduro rider or all trails rider? Or I I mean, so right now I'm actually on an uh, don't uh, Hey, shout out to the YT crew. Okay. I'm only answering because I'm being asked. All right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to be honest. I, I, so I'm currently riding an intense carbine. Sweet. Um, but only because I built it before I met the YT crew and I just haven't made my transition yet. Right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's not even a year old, right? No, no. Well, it's a, so it's an 18 frame, but you know, during, I built it in May of 2020. 21 okay so yeah. that was like the heat of like the parts and and like bike shortage right 
Right. So <clears throat> I found uh, a frame set in San Diego and I went and picked it up and I basically had to piece this whole thing together. I literally learned how to build a bike by like talking to friends and watching like uh, RJ, the bike guy on YouTube. <laughs> Shout out to RJ, um, the bike guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, so uh, it actually taught me a lot. I, by the way, I recommend it, like anybody watching this, if you're at all mechanically inclined and you really like, you know, uh, you'll develop a love affair with your bike. It's really cool. I mean, you feel one with that machine that you built. I, I, I think everybody should build a bike at least once in their lives. It's kind of like learning, uh, learning to drive a stick. I feel like, you know, if you're into the sport and you know, you like to turn a wrench, it's super cool. Um, yeah, I, I could, dude, I could totally see that man. Just, feeling at one with the bike you know you touched every part of it and uh got it all tied up there trail pimp is saying intense carbine is one of the best bikes ever made i had that bike for two years wow yeah, yeah, yeah I, I i have dug it um i recently put a coil on it i put a dhx2 on it and that was like mm. ugh, butter so good oh so good it's amazing man yeah right it it's funny because you when did somebody talk you into coil cam going from air or did you try a friend's bike and you're like, I got to do this. I actually got to get, this is another um, shameless uh, plug here, but um, I was getting my, I, I knew that I needed to service my uh, fork and my shock. And so I found a suspension shop in North County, San Diego called fluid focus. They're in San Marcos. Okay. If anyone's been there or knows who they are, uh, give a shout out on here and make a comment or whatever. Um, but they really know what they're doing. Their entire business is mountain bike suspension, tuning, <laughs> install, everything. The guy yeah. is unbelievable. Ryan is the guy's name who owns the place. And um, they're fantastic. They're off of Twin Oaks Valley Road across from the golf course. Oh, there we go. Yeah, food focus. Um, and so they will do everything from, uh, they'll do standard service. Uh, they have access to rare parts. You can't find anyone else. They, they tune, they build and tune suspension for uh, racers. I mean, and their prices are very, they're on par with anywhere else that you're going to get like a professional service. Wow. Um, so you got to go there. I, I mean, I drove, you know, that's for me, that's, um, you know, 45 minutes. It's, it's absolutely worth going. Wow, um, focus. So they turned you onto the coil. Yeah, well, so I had a I had a RockShox Super Deluxe, which you know it it served its purpose when I because it, it came with the frame, mm -hmm. but I I quickly realized that it was just once my skills advanced, it was not keeping up with me, and um, so I took it there for a service, and I you know just in a on a whim, I was just like I saw the, the coil, and I'm like, what would you do with this bike, like? And he's like, I'd put that coil on it right there. <laughs> You're like, damn it. He saw me looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm literally like, I had like just gotten off the phone with my wife and I was like, Hmm, this is not going to go well, but, uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> just get to the mailbox before she does. <laughs> totally. So, um, oh. but you know what it was, I mean, it was an offset cause I had to get the service done. But anyway, uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't set out proactively to go coil from air. Um, I did it because I, I was looking at a like sizable service bill anyway. And I was like, well, I'm not going to dump another 215 bucks into this piece. Yeah. You know, let's, let's get something, let's upgrade. So yeah. Yeah. I had an opportunity. I took it. 
Dang. And for, for you, I know everyone answers this differently, but for you, when you went from the air to the coil, was there something that stood out to you as far as how the bike handled and felt? Totally. Oh my gosh. So, uh, and I don't want to oversell it. It's not like just by getting a coil, all of a sudden, like your machismo is going to become so like, uh, through the roof that you're the 10 times the mountain biker, yeah. but Muy I will grande. say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, what it does do is it, it makes the, the, I would say it makes the response more predictable because you don't have like, you don't have like the, um, uh, that pro progressivity, uh, mm -hmm. through the travel, um, mm -hmm. which some people like that. Um, I felt it to be, you know, especially when jumping and taking big hits, I didn't like how at the beginning of the stroke, it felt dead. And then at the end of the stroke, it felt like really ramped. And so you get that, like sometimes kind of like a harsh rebound, like, you know, when it initiates, mm -hmm. this is a very linear, like progression through throughout the stroke. Um, so it, it becomes very predictable. I can tell you right now, I've I've had some close calls since I installed the coil where I would have been OTB for sure had I not had that installed, where like I hit hard enough to where I was like, wow, I would have gotten bucked off for sure uh, yeah. without that piece of equipment on there. Yeah. It did add weight, right? So if you're like an XC or pure trail rider, you might not want that. You know, if you're riding like an ISO, you probably don't want a, a coil on there because yeah. you just want to rip through laps. But um, I would say for the type of riding I do, the places I go, um, and, and the bike that I put it on also, not everyone can take a coil you know, and they'll tell you that at fluid focus, they have all the leverage curves for every bike and everything. I mean, dude, it is white glove. You go in there and you just go, I want this thing to feel like butter. And they're like, okay, here's your bike back. Wow. That's cool. I, yeah. I had never heard of them. And I'm so happy that you brought that up. Fluid focus in San Marcos, California, basically North County, San Diego, San Marcos, California, off the Highway 78, I believe, is just right there. So, damn, that that's that's cool. So, okay, so um, so you're rocking that bike, that intense bike. You got the coil on there. Um, I'm working yeah. on a decoy, though. I, I'm just I'm warming up the wife to the to the e-bike. <laughs> you know? Sounds like Thanks we got to wrap it with some other Earth stuff. Uh, you know, try to figure out if there's a, we could write that off tax wise business. You expense. Yeah. Always make right, sure right. it's parked there at mother earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in writing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's, so that's, that's very cool, man. I, I can't wait to get some laps in with you. It's uh, it sounds like you and I have the same type of writing, you know, we just love the same similar types of stuff and uh, man, I, I could learn a lot from you at the dog park. That's for sure. I, I don't get there as much as I'd like. I live closer to Greer, but uh, when I get to dog park, I'm always like, oh, I wish I knew this place better, you know, like, so I could be two, three turns ahead of where I currently am in my mind, um, which would be make me feel way more comfortable. Yeah. You know, that place, it is, we are so lucky to have that here because it is so well maintained um, and it's got, it's got so much variety. It's so fun. Um, I, I do wish there was a little bit more enduro there. Like, a, man, if we could bring in like a helicopter with like a super sack full of like gigantic boulders 
and build some like legit rock features. I mean, there's some right, like up on car crash and stuff. There's that, there's that one um, rock garden that you kind of got to roll, but it's really a jump focused place. So for anyone here, if you haven't been a dog park and you want to learn to jump or at least get better at jumping, you should go there. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll up your jump game fast if you spend some time there. Oh yeah. And it's so nice. Those jump lines are so nice. They're oh, close they're to the parking, close to your car. If you need water or whatever you got, uh, what's it called? It's, uh, the main jump line. And then you got the one to the left of it, which is, uh, beer run uh, or, uh, intervention or- intervention. Yeah, yeah. Intervention beer run hammer time, I think is right there. That's uh, new. Which- yeah. That was got some big ones on it in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's jump two on that one that I like because you're kind of alongside the road. You hit one, and then two kind of turns a little bit to the right. It's almost like a tiny hip, but you, you feel pretty weightless, which is which is nice. Um, Raging oh, Greer, saying, Greer, he's yeah. saying, yeah. We were talking yeah. about that earlier. So unfortunately, I think Greer is going to go away due to some land management uh, stuff and development, right? Well, luckily, yeah. So luckily, there there was a. Uh, a company who had bought that place was just sitting on it. Um, but the city didn't know how well it was used by all of us mountain bikers. But uh, when they had their big city meetings, a ton of us were able to show up and have our voices heard. And it was like a crash course in how to communicate with the city as well as having the developer hear our voices. So there was enough of us to get involved that uh, they had to have a couple meetings around it. And in the end, what is going to be done is what it looks like is that only 20% of those trails will be affected is where we left off at with the city and the developer. So they're going to save 80%, 20% is going to, is going to be changed, but um, that is way better than just having the whole place wiped out, which is thank, thank goodness. Is it like Santiago Oaks? Have you ever ridden there? I have written, I have written Santiago Oaks before. It's kind of like a, Boy, I think you like it. There's uh there's definitely a lot of rock out there. Um, there's a variety of trails out there. You you can have like the the fun ones like double D, and then you can go as extreme as a trail called TMBDH that they have that is just steep and rocky with gap jumps and everything you want, man. It's a adrenaline. Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Adrenaline for sure. Um, veil, yeah. Yeah. Rick saying veil. That place is fun too. And dude, those guys are digging. So the the folks who so the rumor is that some one of the trail builders of Greer, one of the godfathers of Greer who helped build out Greer, was hired to help go help build out Vale. And the cool thing about Vale is that they have all this land already. They got the water trucks. They got all the tractors. They don't have to do it in secrecy. You just go build. And so Vale is always popping out new trails now, and it's some seriously cool stuff. I heard it's a lot of climbing, though. Like, I heard it it's way better on an e-bike than analog. Yeah, you could do definitely do both. The The climb up is called Ambulance. That's one of the main ways to go up. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a climb, but it's a fire road climb, but it, it's long. Um, so yeah, you can get a couple laps in, but a uh, long climb, good, good descent. But once you do transfer over to the dark side, or if you get an e-bike in your quiver, dark side, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is smiles for miles for sure. For sure. I like how you say quit in your quiver. Like I, I, 
I aspire to have a quiver of bikes, <laughs> life, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's like surfing. Like I use the word quiver because uh, in surfing, you know, you, you if you have a long board, short board, a fish, you know, obviously in mountain biking, this is a different thing because each unit is thousands and thousands of dollars. But if you can have two bikes, ultimately two bikes would be awesome. You can have yeah. your e-bike for, you know, time sensitive things, or if you just want to get out there and, and go, then you have your analog bike too. Um, spokesman saying N plus one. Yeah, there it is. N plus one. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and then and then MTV raging, bro. Everything's better on an e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, yeah, it, it is definitely. Oh man, I did. I'm not a racer. I've been. I haven't been riding all that long. I've been in it for a couple of years, and I just love the sport. But I did do an e-bike race at Vale, and they let you drop in. You're one of the first ones to drop in. We did uh, stage one and two out of the three stages. I think we did stages one and two in about 25 minutes. <laughs> and we were already going to the top and we were still pretty fresh. I mean, we were definitely sweating and, and on it, but you were like in that zone, like that I'm ready to go zone versus like, yeah. dude, I'm dying. Yeah. And it just felt, I remember looking at Craig and, and there's our other buddy, Brett Hall. He's the owner of a clothing company called Unspoken. And I just asked the question because it was my first e-bike race and I, and I didn't have an e-bike at the time, but YT was kind enough to let me borrow one of theirs for the race. And I said, genuinely, I was like, are we supposed to be smiling, climbing up this thing for like the second time today? And I remember Brett Hall's voice. He goes, I do it every time I ride, man. I smile from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> And here we are rallying up to stage three. And I think we were done in less than an hour at the cars, having beers. Everybody else was still dropping in. You know, they were still going through all their stuff and we were already done, which was insane. Yeah. Insane. This is different. It's just different. Sure. It's fun. It's fun. Speaking of distance riding, uh, we just, like I said, we did San Juan Trail yesterday, which is a SoCal institution. Now you don't need an e-bike for that, and especially not if you're shuttling like we did. But yeah, the climb up is formidable. Uh, a couple of my buddies that uh, I rode with that are in our crew have done it before and said it's it's punishing, but <clears throat> it's doable. Uh, but wow, man, if you haven't done that before, it is next to Mammoth, probably the single best ride I've ever had in my life. How how long is the down on that, Cam? It's about uh, 11 and a half miles. Oh my God. If you do the whole thing from Blue Jay Campground, which is almost all the way clear into, you know, basically before you drop into Elsinore, starts all the way up there and then goes all the way to you crossing from basically Riverside County into Orange County. Um, Holy smokes. And I mean, it's so rad. It I would say the only thing it does not have is jumps. There's, there's, I mean, you can kind of make jumps out of certain features if you really wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, that would just be, that would be you being creative. Like it, there's, there's nothing built. It's just not, it's like pure old school trail riding. Wow. Flow. Just flow. Oh, just endless flow. Just my like exhaustive miles of flowing where you just need to stop like every 15 minutes because you get like myopia, you know, everything starts wow. rushing by you and you're like, I can't even concentrate. Like, wow. And, um, but take, take Laguna. 
there's nothing super steep, but take like some of the Laguna tech and mix it with like the luge and mm. like Joplin and put it in a blender. And then maybe even some like desert riding, some like, uh, Palm Canyon looking stuff. And Dang. Oh yeah. It's rad. Wow. San Juan trail. There he goes. SJT trail, 11 mile drop. Love. Oh, it's unbelievable. Dang. I like it. Spokesman saying, I like any downhill long enough to stop for lunch on. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's a lunch stop for sure. Yeah. Well, you need some nutrition. Definitely. Some water, <laughs> sunscreen, nutrition is like, yeah. It's dang, dang. MTB Raging saying, did it acoustic and e-bike better on a decoy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. I'm telling you. All, yeah. I mean, let, <laughs> let me just put it this way. All the guys that were coming up, that were climbing it, were either on e-bikes or dressed like road bikers. Wow. Okay. Right? So that, yeah. that, that was like what they do. They're like XC guys that climb and then take their time back down. Um, but there, there were no guys that were like, there were no guys that looked like enduro riders going the opposite direction. Got it. No one's pushing yeah. a huge bike up the mountain no. for a big, big climb, big down. Yeah. That makes sense. Unless they're, those guys were the ones that were getting shuttled up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll see like, you see like a Cannondale lefty or something like occasionally, but that's that's great so cam i can't believe we're already at hour i want to make sure that i get to the brew company part um for the folks that are are here yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull that up pull that up and yeah. i'm gonna grab one more beer yeah I'm so i'm gonna pull this up you guys so basically what we're gonna show you next is um how some of this brew was made and i'm sure some of you who already like do home brewing for for a hobby kind of know this but Dude, there was so much stuff that went into this. I was truly amazed on how much goes through here. So this is a couple pictures of the tour that I took of Mother Earth Brew Company. And uh, Cam's going to kind of share with us how some of this stuff is made. So Cam, I'm just going to, while you pour that brew, I'm going to go ahead. There we go. Oh, did you guys hear that? That's a freshie right there. That's a freshie. Imagine you just got done writing. Let's go Sedona. We're in our minds. We're in Sedona. It's hot. We just did Highline with, uh, let's go with Spokesman. We were with Spokesman on Highline as well as Riding Dirty. We get back to the car. It's hot. But in your cooler, there is cold, cold Mother Earth brew. And that's what just popped right there. Okay. Delicious. Delicious. So now let's open our eyes. And we are now here at the brewery. Uh, so Cam, take us through what we're seeing here. And then I'll pause it uh, wherever you want me to on the sucker so there is basically the label, and uh, what is that? Oh stuff? yeah, so so this was on the. This is actually at the very start of the brew. These are bags of specialty malt, and I don't know if you're able to. Um, yeah, yeah. So actually, above those uh, bags are two huge silos um, that hold base malt, which is um, like two row malted barley. Right, we get it from uh, all over the world, but this stuff is actually uh, kind of is domestic. Um, and it, it gets crushed up. And what you see there in that photo, that's a, that's a crushed up uh, kernel of barley in my hand. See that little like uh, gold looking nugget on the right hand side? Well, that's, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, that's the center of the uh, barley kernel. And uh, that's what contains the starches that when we soak them in hot water, uh, get converted to sugars as fuel for the yeast. And so, mm. 
Um, basically, we soak that in hot water and at times, you know, obviously a lot of that stuff goes in there, uh, thousands of pounds actually. And, um, and then we have equipment that and, and you can, if you go to the next one, next photo, you can see, yeah, there's the silos. So it gets augered out of those silos up into the mill. And then it goes over to the brew house. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so then it gets dropped into there. And at the bottom of this tank, there's a false bottom. So there's basically like a slotted screen. And so um, as the stuff falls in, it gets mixed with hot water and it turns into like a porridge. And we separate the uh, the wort, which is unfermented beer. So it's essentially like uh, barley tea, right? So it's very, at, at, when it first mixes with the water, there's no sugar in it. It's just starchy. But after, at a certain temperature, after about 30 minutes, enzymes uh, convert the starches to sugars. And so then we move it from this vessel over to the boil kettle. And that's the boil kettle and it's steam jacketed. So you can see those, those like, uh, those like crescent shaped jackets there. There's basically condensed steam that's circulating through there. And that's what causes the word to boil. And then we add hops in here. And as it's boiling, the hops create um, bitterness. Cam, is and this then, the one where the hot water shoots out of the side and it does like this uh, centrifuge? No, or, that's the no. next one. So that's okay. the whirlpool. Yeah. So God. basically during during like the brew process, um, a lot of things like precipitate out uh, of the boil. So you're going to get like, uh, I likened it to like when you boil uh, rice, especially brown rice, you get um, at the very top of the center of the pot where that you're boiling the rice in, you get that like kind of nasty foamy almost like jacuzzi water like body oil weirdness mm -hmm. sometimes like mm -hmm. that's basically imagine that like on this scale there's a there's a ton of nasty stuff that ends up in the boil kettle well, we want to get that out right so we move it over to the whirlpool and then we through a pump we suck it out and and spin it and it basically collects all the solids in the bottom and then that heat exchanger you just saw um, basically chills the wort down instantly on its way en route to, yeah, that one right there. So those are alternating plates, right? And we've got antifreeze in a water bath on the roof that gets pumped through these and it alternates. So it goes, it basically goes 26 degree water, 212 degree wort. And it does wow. that X number of times. And there's like a hundred plates in there. All through right? these little plates and coils here yeah and each one of these plates you know that thing's probably like i don't know 36 inches tall uh -huh. each one of those plates has like a very intricate system of like piping through it so as the words running through it, it you know through heat exchange and surface area it instantly comes out the other end at 68 degrees or whatever we set it to that's crazy going from like extreme heat and it comes out to like the perfect temperature that yeast yep. loves to thrive in basically yep and then we send it over to those conical fermenters and we inject it with yeast <clears throat> and that's where the magic happens so i don't know did you grab a photo or a video of the uh that batch of cali fermenting where it was bubbling in the bucket Ooh, i don't think i did no that's but okay maybe. was it i mean there's some people with cali right there <laughs> <laughs> So if you were able to see inside these fermenters, I mean, it would be like a bar fight. I mean, it is just like uh, crazy. Um, in fact, for all the home brewers, I know someone said that they like to brew here. You probably ferment in a carboy, right? Which is like a glass jug that's five gallons, uh, six and a half gallons. 
if you look in there, I mean, it is it is like uh, World War Three in there. I mean, the the yeast is just attacking all the sugar, and it's it's like a vortex. Wow, um, it's like a dogfight. It's crazy. And that's and that's not done by any mechanical. There's nothing stirring that up. That's just all yeast yeah. doing its thing. That's basically a function of fermentation. It's just a violent like process. Wow, it's just gnarly. So all that stuff is happening right now. We're looking at one of the areas where the yeast and the sugars are, and uh, it's it looks like an upside down bullet, I guess, for the lack of a better term. But uh, for what I remember you saying is that a lot of the there's like three things that happened in in, in this process, right? So there's like friction, there's uh, stuff from the yeast, and there's just basically stuff that runs down into this little pointed part of this cylinder. But the good stuff is all up here right and then you were saying there's something that protrudes inside and is able to just take out the good stuff from yeah so there's like a, there's like an arm that like like juts out into the center of the column of beer so that we're able to extract like the good parts and leave all the nasty stuff in that cone there dang yeah there you go cone that's the word i can't I, i've had too many cali creamins folks i could not think <laughs> of the word cone <laughs> a good monday it's a good Monday. And if you were to see, I didn't get a picture of it, but if you were to go across this aisle, there's basically these cylinders that look like this without the cone part because you don't need that cone anymore to collect some of that stuff you don't want. And it's just all the pure good stuff. And I that's what you were talking about where the, that one was We were, we were nitrogenating, yeah. We were yes. injecting nitrogen and CO2 into that beer to make mm. Cali Nitro, yeah. Oh my God, that's a that's amazing. That's amazing. And then, uh, so when it goes from here, it goes to the next spot. And then I found that, oh, maybe I did get a little bit of it. Here's here's one of the cylinders right here, but you can't there see you the go. bucket below. No, but you can see on the right bottom right there. So that's a nitrogen cylinder, and we're basically injecting it through the, uh, through the, uh, um, my brain's not working, uh, diffusion stone, yeah. Yeah, and, and you were telling me, was that the diffusion that you showed me that was that bar? Yeah, that it's had, basically a bar with like like just millions of tiny holes in it. Yeah, and you were saying that all that creates those little bubbles that are, is able to like stay in there long enough to do its job versus if you were just to go put a bunch of air or nitrogen in there. Without that, the bubbles would be so big they would just rise to the top. Totally, yep. Dang, dang. And then this is crazy, the kegs. So when we were talking about the the kegs, if you see in this picture, there's all these kegs back here. And just that whole process blew my mind because that's like not even part of the brewing part, but it's a big piece of the business part. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's actually this photo like doesn't even do it justice. Like the trucks all showed up and like cleared out all our beer this morning. So I'm like, <laughs> but uh yeah it's oh and i just saw spokesman to be used stones for aeration yes when we aerate yes. and what he's referring to is when you're when you're chilling the wort from the whirlpool through the heat exchanger to the fermenter uh yeast needs oxygen um to multiply right and so um, it, when, when you first like inoculate the word, it's in an aerobic state. So, you know, we now we're talking bikes, right? We're talking like aerobic versus anaerobic exercise. Yeah. 
Right. And so it's the same thing. The yeast starts out aerobic and then at some point in the absence of oxygen, it becomes anaerobic. Um, and so it's looking for, you know, a, a different source of energy, uh, of fuel. And, and so uh, that's, I think, what spokesman MTB is referring to. Yeah, we, we do use a, uh, an air stone in our, uh, when we knock out too with oxygen. Wow. Man, I had no idea that so many steps went into this. And then what you guys don't see, I didn't grab a picture of it, but it basically goes from that that section where the nitrogen was being injected in there. And then it actually gets pumped into a, another room where um, a lot of the stuff was like, that was kind of like the final spot, right? Before it went yeah. into the kegs. And uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, there was That's a crazy thing called the package. octopus or something that you fill up all the kegs with. Yeah, it's basically a like if anyone's ever rented a party keg or whatever, and you you've got the uh, the American style coupler that you have to slam down and like twist onto the keg. That's what we use to fill, except it's hooked up to a main two inch filling line, and then that reduces down to like inch and a half, and then that goes into a like a manifold that's basically like a stainless steel bar with like six positions on it, and then there's like a four to six foot tube with a coupler on the end of that. And so we drive in pallets of eight kegs at a time. You pull that cap off and you basically just slam those things on there. Boom, boom, boom. You throw them all on. It, it all happens very fast, especially our packaging guys are really fast. Wow. Um, and so they just stand there one after the other and slam those things on and it just starts rocketing into there. Dang. But they, they get, they, they don't foam because we counter pressure fill them. So when these things get cleaned, we leave like anywhere between, you know, five and 10 PSI on them. But then the beer that's coming into them is like a few PSI over that. So it, it, you know, the, the, the pressure that's in there, like keep it, it holds down the, the foam from oh, building man. inside. Kind of equalizes it, huh? Exactly. That's exactly right. So we're filling oh. in like an, in like a semi equalized environment. Dang, man, I could think of the word equalize, but I could not think of the word cone. <laughs> <laughs> Craig called right. it. Can't, can't think of the word cone. That's the IPA. That's the IPA. <laughs> it happens. That is awesome. And then from there, it goes from the brewer to the retailers. Um, and this is the final product right here is, a, is a Cam holding some Cali cream and right there. And uh, I, I wouldn't be a, a podcaster if I didn't ask you this question here to kind of wrap it up in a bow at the end. But how did you come up with the name? And I love it because we're all mountain bikers and uh, Mother Earth gives us our trails and we all try to take care of it. But how did you come up with Mother Earth? <clears throat> well, we, when we were all sitting around the table trying to come up with a name for the brewery, uh, one of uh, the owners, my uh, Uncle John, his wife was just drawing up some content, uh, concepts and she's Scottish. And so, um, it was a very like, you know, organic label, you know, lots of, it, it, it was an iteration of what we have now, you know, our circular logo, but there were a lot more like plants and like, you know, kind of woman's hands and bracing stuff like that. And, um, uh, we wanted to work elements of that sort of like, you know, Celtic Gaelic, uh, like, vibe or theme into our logos. This is a long time ago. We're talking like, you know, oh, eight, oh, nine. 
and uh, we were going to a lot of uh, beer fests in Oregon where there, at the time there were a lot of organic breweries. It was all the rage. Well, since then, unfortunately, a lot of them have gone under. And so we actually opened as a, uh, a purely organic brewery. Wow. Well, shortly thereafter, like a dozen organic breweries quickly went out of business. Oh, like in the Western United States. And we were like, "Ah, I don't know, really know if we want to follow in those footsteps. Yeah. And then um, so while we were thinking about it, the the Brewers Association basically changed the designation for an organic beer so that there were certain ingredients that just because of the nature of the way they were produced could not be classified as organic. And so we were basically like, well, I mean, look, we're going to do it uh, because it's the right thing to do. But if, you know, when we can, but we're also not going to lose our ass trying. And uh, we're, you know, if we're not going to get credit for it, really, and I'm not saying it's only worth doing if, if for notoriety, but when you build a business around an idea and then basically all that uh, kind of dissolves around you, it's like, mm-hmm. if we're not going to get the support that we need to do this this way, then, you know, we're not married to it either. We, we, we need to survive after all. So True. we decided to kind of like, you know, sideline it. And, you know, I guess haters would say, ah, oh, well, then you, you sold out and you're not authentic anymore. Or you're not uh, like, um, you're not true to what you set out to do. And I would say, well, if we're not here, uh, you know, doing business, then we're not doing it anyway. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. you got to make it somehow. And, and that was not the path to success for us. So, Got it. Got it. So Mother Earth kind of came from that organic, you know, type of. Yeah, we wanted yeah. to make a difference just like everybody else at the time. You know, we, we might have been a little early on it, but um, I think if, if people like really embraced it now, it might be a little bit different. But yeah, we, it was a struggle because the yeah. ingredients are just so much more expensive. But the problem is that people that your average person who buys craft is not going to spend more because it says organic. Mm. You know, it's like, you, you know, when you go to Trader Joe's and you're standing in line and you're like, organic popcorn, like, does that really matter? Did we need yeah. to call it that? Like, yeah. but I guess, okay, if, you know, that's their shtick. So cool, right. you know, and I get yeah. that. Yeah. But for us, it just wasn't in the cards. People just weren't loyal to the label. Got it. Okay, gotcha. Wow, man, so many things to learn. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the label, the name Mother Earth, you know, especially in the mountain bike scene. We all love Mother Earth. Mother Earth provides us with the trails, especially lately. Totally. She's been giving us some hero dirt. She's been Ooh, good to us for sure. She's been yeah. so good to us. Yeah, Mother Earth is good. Also, afterwards, Mother Earth has providing some yummy, yummy brews for hanging out and enjoying the ride and talking about what almost happened and what did happen on the trails. Because if you know, you know, <laughs> MTB Raging here is saying Irish pride. Don't down talk it. He's got the strength and arms. No, no, there. not at all. Yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. at all, baby. Yeah. Aaron, go brag. Trail I see a Persian name. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting that you noticed that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Comron is my real name, but dang, there you go. Yeah, trail fact, pimp. Like, here, I gotta show off the, the Persian prayer, Vanya Kod. Oh yeah, look at that. Wow. 
Dang. You recognize that if you uh if you if you seen Farsi Wow. Good. That's dope. That's dope. Trump him saying yeah. I'm prison too. Yeah. <laughs> See, the, you, you might not be able to tell because I'm half Irish, but if you saw the profile, the bridge of the nose, that's where it comes from. Right that's there. the giveaway. <laughs> Cam. <laughs> Spokesman saying thanks to Mother Earth in the segment for a fantastic interview with a great brewer. Now go ride a bike and drink a great beer. Heck yeah. Did you I pay him to, for that outro or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was a perfect outro. Spokesman, that was a perfect outro. Um, Cam, is there anything about Mother Earth or riding that we didn't get in before we wrap up the show? Man, I'm always down to talk bikes and beer. Um and yeah i would love to get together with some of these guys and do a ride i'd love to do a uh, group ride day for sure really appreciate you having me on like this has been awesome uh again shout out to yt for all their support uh both locally and to mother earth and um yeah hey if any if everyone watching would just visit our website you can find our beer near you we have a beer finder that uses the google maps engine you can go to findmotherearthbrewing.com or you can just go to our website and at the top right, click that little uh, um, uh, pin drop icon. Okay. Uh, you can enter your zip and you can filter by brand. Um, so you can look, it'll tell you exactly where uh, you can find our beer. And so that's the best place to go for all things. But yeah, there you go right there. And then top right, click on the uh, little pin. Oh, that's the new one. That's the one I was drinking. Synaptic plasticity hazy yeah. ipa Ooh, look at the graphics on that baby oh it's so good wow find so a beer that near out. you yeah let's do it let's find let's find a beer real quick let's uh since we had a ton of people from boise idaho we had idaho in the house a lot oh yeah idaho Arizona. was in the house i'm stoked on that yeah let's go idaho. let's go cali cream in um any business type within uh Oh, it's looking for a zip code. I don't know a zip code in Idaho. Do you have a zip code, Idaho yeah, zip code? Yeah, 83687. And eight, do, three, six, eight, seven. Yeah, and then do uh, like 20 miles so we get like all of the... Let's pan out. Let's pan out real quick. Holy cow, look at all those hits. Yeah, we got, we got Idaho on lockdown. Dude, there is Mother Earth in Idaho for sure. I'll tell you Dude. what, I know we talked a lot about like the SoCal beer scene and, and SoCal writing and stuff. And because I live here, obviously, that's it's that's just the way it went. But man, I Idaho, the, the beer scene there is really strong. Um, they're a passionate people there. They love their writing, they love their beer. I got big love for Idaho. So yeah. Yeah, I got to get out there, man. I definitely got to get out there. Rick's saying Tom's Farms here in Corona has plenty. So awesome, awesome. Mother Earth is out there. Check them out um, at uh, MotherEarthBrewCompany.com or MotherEarthBrewCo.com to get onto that website. Also, uh, tell folks where they could find you on the Instagram and if there's any folks on the Facebook as well. Yes. So we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I have a YouTube page, but I don't have time to make content for it. So there's nothing going on over there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the other platforms, absolutely. So definitely check us out at Mother Earth Brew Co. If you're on Twitter at Mother Earth Burr Co. So B-R-C-O. Um, and that's the best place to get, you know, happenings locally and uh, nationally nice and, and from don't, the... 
Sorry, yes. real quick. If you yes. look us up, guys, don't be fooled. There is another Mother Earth in North Carolina that started roughly around the same time we did. If you Google us, um, you may hit them first, MotherEarthBrewing.com. If you, you know, uh, that is that is not, first of all, it's not us. Second of okay. all, it's not the real Mother Earth. But that's Got a longer it. story that I will tell Got you when we do our group ride. Yeah, yeah. I actually found that when I was Googling. I was like, wait a minute, North Carolina, that's not right. So yeah, MotherEarthBrewCo.com to find Cam and the Mother Earth beers that we've been talking about. Wonderful craft beers that will allow you to forget the word cone as you're podcasting. <laughs> but just uh, amazing, good stuff. Cam, if somebody was going to find a Mother Earth, like if they're driving right now, listening to us on Spotify or iTunes, they're on their way to a bike park or they're coming home from a bike park and they pop in somewhere because they found some Mother Earth on that finder from one of the owners of Mother Earth, Cam is going to suggest just two to try for your very first. Cam, what would you choose for a person walking in to grab two Mother Earths? Oh, Okay. I'm going to say this for a couple of reasons. Uh, it's got to be Cali Crimin for sure, number one, because A, that's it's a gateway beer. It's by far our most popular, and it's the most widely available. The second one is probably Buku, our West Coast IPA. Okay. It's, a, it's really good. Um, it's it's a classic. We've been making it for a long time, and you can't go wrong with it. That one's harder to find because I, the IPA category is just so saturated. Like there's mm. so many IPAs mm -hmm. that, that Buku gets a little bit lost in there. Okay. But uh, if you can find it, you absolutely should. Got now, it. yeah, like if you look in, if you look in uh, at that same zip that you just looked for Buku, you're going to find a lot of them because Buku is one of the most, is our top beer in Idaho. Oh, really? Whereas in Southern yeah. California, it's Cali Creamy. Yeah. Okay. Got it. You're around. Oh, here's some of the handles right there. Okay, so Buku. So listen, so folks, if you are if you are popping into a place and you see Mother Earth from one of the owners of Mother Earth, he's saying, try the Cali Creamin as number one, and then try Buku number two, and you can find that right here, right there. India Pale Ale. Dang. Okay, there it is, folks. You got to give that a shot. Is that up on the screen there, Cam? Yep, yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, Hot Diggity is a great beer too. Man, that double IPA is, oh, it's wicked. It's nice. Tons. And if you are, are riding and you are have one of these nice and cold in the car waiting for you, it is a great incentive to get that last lap in, get down to the car, and uh, do what Spokesman says right here. Drink reprehensibly. <laughs> and then he says, I mean, responsibly. These, <laughs> these guys are classic, man. Dude, I love it. I love I it. I love it. Oh, man. Cam, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, dude. No worries. Can I make one more plug? Absolutely. I I actually just recently started. So I don't know if anyone else is. I'm a closet metalhead. And I say closet because, like, I don't know. I can't tell my wife about it. And I've only got like three friends that listen to that kind of music. So <laughs> I got, but anyway, uh, uh, I started a weekly uh, playlist release. That's got all like the top um, picks in metal. 
Okay. Uh, I send it out. If you follow us at Mother Earth, you'll see it on our Instagram stories and on our Twitter page every Friday when releases come out. Ooh. It's called Heavy Cloud is Heavy. Ooh. And uh, so check it out if you want to hear the latest and greatest in all things death metal, mathcore, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Grind the whole deal. Excellent. Excellent. Check it out. That's like Get my on. life, man. Is I mean, aside from family, beer, mountain bikes, death metal in no particular order. That's like it's always a good day when those three are rolling. And <laughs> that's sure. that's for sure. MTV Raging is calling out right and dirty. He is another huge fan of death metal as well. So yeah, hop on to hop on to Mother Earth Brew Companies on the Instagram. Look for those that he's gonna release on Friday, uh death metal. That is that is awesome. Rock on homeboy trail pimp says, yeah. All right, all the, I, I, that's why I love YT too, dude. They're, they're, they're always playing metal in the mill. So I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is like my people right here. <laughs> Those boys are the best. Oh, and no. Hey, guess what? Mother earth is on tap at YT at the YT mill in San Clemente. So if you guys are out there doing a ride at dog park, you don't have to be on a YT bike. You can, if you're hot and you're thirsty, Come on into the mill and totally. you can get yourself some mother earth right there. Yeah, heck yeah. All right. Cam Mark, and such I a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. That was such a blast. Dude, <laughs> thank you, man. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, to you for being on. And uh loved all the comments. My God, yeah, some of those are so awesome. So, so funny. Thanks all Thank you, for all the in. fans. Hey, heck thanks yeah. for thanks for following the segment, you guys. This is this, this is the best show. It's awesome. Uh, Thanks, Cam. So fun. So fun. Hope you guys are all doing well. Oh, look at this. Hey, hey, hoping to be out there soon. Sorry, I missed it. Women's MTB Network. Yes. Nice. Awesome. M Mia in the house. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. And uh, Cam and I are going to go back to some of the Cali Creamin'. And uh, you guys have a good night. And we'll see you all in the next podcast. Cheers, you guys. Send it. Oh, and that is the end of episode 81. We are growing this show, folks. Thank you for all your support, tuning in, downloading these, and the reviews on Apple iTunes. Totally helps the show get out to more and more mountain bikers. I truly, truly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, live those dreams. Dream big. An example with this show that Cameron was almost talked out of it when he was resigning from his job because his supervisor cared for him. But luckily, he didn't listen and ended up starting Mother Earth, which is amazing. So live those dreams, dream big, set small goals, work towards those to achieve the dreams that you want. Hope this message and podcast finds you well, and we'll see you all on the next episode. See ya.